what's up guys welcome back to behind the number where we are redefining the student athlete through personal stories so this week before we get into the show we got a couple of announcements okay so first and foremost first and foremost happy women's month I don't think I said that in the previous episode, but happy Women's Month, guys. So many women have done remarkable things, paving the way. So I just wanted to definitely, definitely give a shout out. Number two, in the show notes, I have created in the spirit of entrepreneurship, because today's episode is the athlete entrepreneur, Natalie Alpert. In the the interest of, well, not interest, in the spirit of entrepreneurship, (laughs) I created five steps to jumpstart a conversation for the student, for our student athletes. It's so important to network and entrepreneurship. If athletes choose this route, which, you know, they should um, or could or may, you know, don't want to push anything on anyone. But if they choose to take this route, building relationships are key to success in entrepreneurship wouldn't you agree so what i've done i created a a guide it's called the five steps to jump it comes with a couple of activities in it just to get the ball rolling because the first step is always a great impression when you meet someone right so definitely want to get that jump started um lastly I am teaming up with I am mentally tough and her note, her show notes, her show notes, her um, handles are in the show notes as well, but we are teaming up for a workshop intro to athlete development. So this is like the title says, it's the intro, but we're gearing up to teach our student athletes about motivation. What motivates them to keep going to get up for class and, and, you know, practice confidence, how important is confidence with anything that you're doing, right? How confident do you, how much, how much better do you perform when you have confidence? Like, I want you to think about how these things affect your everyday life and how it could positively affect your athletes. So if you're interested in the athlete, intro to athlete development workshop, please, please, please click the link in the bio. Whether you have one student athlete or a team of student athletes, we are totally interested in serving you. And um, click the link in the bio, answer a couple of questions in the doc, and we will make sure to return back to you once we get everything up and rolling. All right, so it's time to hop into the episode. Like I said before, today's episode is all about the athlete entrepreneur, Natalie Allport, and she is a former Team Canada snowboarder, like, for real. (laughs) And she is amazing, and she takes us on her journey talking about not only what it's like to be an athlete, but also what it's like to learn about entrepreneurship from such a young age, being inspired by her family members. So, so excited to hop into this episode. Let's do this. Hey, Natalie, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Of course, of course. So I know a lot about your background, but the audience (laughs) who don't know, doesn't know anything, let us know about your background. Where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? And how'd you come to be basically a kick-ass snowboarder? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. Yeah, uh, I grew up in Ottawa, in the Ottawa area. So like I was actually born in Vancouver, which is where you think like a snowboarder is from. They're from Canada. Um, But we moved when I was five, which was sad. Uh, We did like learn how to ski. You know, we go like every, a couple times a season, like since I was like two, I think. 
Um, my dad is big into skiing, but my mom is from Venezuela. So she was like not into winter sports. <laughs> so funny because when I was 13, I went to Venezuela. I've only been once and like everyone, I had explained to them what snowboarding is. Like they just couldn't imagine and showing them my pictures. Like I was not good <laughs> then. I was like one year into it, but they thought it was so cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So I like, like any Canadian, I fell into like all the winter sports. Um, mm -hmm. We actually moved uh, for two years to New Jersey, which was like a hiatus from, uh, from, from life though. Like we didn't really play any sports there. I think my dad and I played tennis or something. Then, yeah, then we moved to Ottawa and, or the Ottawa area. And uh, that's when I got into hockey and that was like my main sport. Um, and so that was like what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to be on the national hockey team. I want to be like those, those Olympic uh, athletes that I see. Right. Like, I looked up to everything in hockey. Like I would sleep with my hockey stick. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was everything for me. Uh, I did like almost every sport in school, whether it was like track or also soccer or basketball, like any sport I could do. That's like, right. you're an athlete basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like part of it was from my dad's drive. Part of it was just like, that's what I naturally like took to. And part of it was also we had, uh, we were not allowed any video game systems as kids. And so that was another thing. We were just like sent outside. And uh, right. yeah, that was a main part of our childhood. I think also, uh, like my family has like this old family cabin. So it's like mm -hmm. a cottage, but when people, when I say cottage, people think like rich people cottage, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a small log cabin so, <laughs> surrounded the by cabin, the rich guys. <laughs> yes, yes. It's funny. Cause I invite people up to the cottage like, Oh, and then I'm like, yeah, as we boat around, you see like the millionaire houses, but ours is like an 80 year old like, <laughs> cabin. <laughs> You're like, well, this is us. <laughs> yeah. You know what? But some people, they like the authentic I love experience. It. Yeah. I was about to say, I love it. I love it. So you yeah. mentioned that hockey was your thing. Okay. I don't want to jump ahead. So <laughs> when did you start being like a competitive athlete? Like when you yeah. think about, okay, I can go to college with this or I can go to be qualified for the Olympics. So when did you start really taking it seriously? So for me, like hockey was the first sport I took seriously and I played like the highest level of competitive I could, but then I found, yeah, then I found snowboarding and I'd always been into skateboarding and different things. Mm -hmm. And so as I found that I started gravitating towards it mostly actually because I was horrible at it at first. Like it was the one sport that I was not good at and it really pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, I gotta get good at this. Like the cool kids are doing this sport. Right, like, right. Why can't I? Like I was into like skateboarding and stuff. So the whole culture was like cool to me. And so, um, yeah, so I started doing that. And uh, like, I'd always wanted to go to the Olympics since I was like three. And so my parents were like, uh, there's like slope style snowboarding, all the jumps and rails wasn't in the Olympics at that time. So they were kind of like, why like why right. are you switching like hockey is your path you can get a scholarship you can make the national team if you work really hard and um for me one part of it was i had not a great coach one of my last years of competitive hockey oh um yeah like i was uh, i was really small i like went through a growth spurt where i went through four pairs of hockey pants in one season but that was like late like late in life i uh, well, i was I'm like still waiting on a growth spurt okay <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like a basketball player height. Like I'm like five foot seven, but I was like the smallest kid, like growing up, like both my brother and I had super late growth spurts and um, uh. he would tell me I was too small to play hockey. And um, which really annoyed me because I was one of the top scorers still. And like, I felt I was really tough and solid on my, on my feet, but mm -hmm. it was a lot of politics. He wanted to play his daughter more and like, you know, the whole, mm -hmm. the that whole, whole thing. 
Yeah, that whole thing. And so that, I think that timed with when I first got into snowboarding kind of got me like, oh, this is like an anti-culture sport. Mm -hmm. This is like different. And so eventually, like as I started getting to snowboarding, I still wasn't good. I hadn't competed, but I had to decide because with competitive hockey, it's like every single day. And so you can really pick like one winter sport. And so I just said like, you know what, I'm just going to play like high school sports, like high school hockey, whatever. That's like a two month season. Right. And I'm just going to do snowboarding. And my parents were like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't, they weren't, they uh, weren't. as excited as I was. <laughs> But they, they reluctantly agreed. I ended up actually like getting a job as an instructor at the local hill, which is like maybe 40 minutes away. So I could right. convince them to drive me because I was like, hey, I'm making money. Like, right. you know? drive me. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably paid more in gas money than I made, but <laughs> oops. Right. <laughs> Anyways, they were supportive. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. They're like, she's trying. Let's yeah. just do it. <laughs> Yeah, but, but then I started entering. They had a local competition. I was one of two girls. I came home and I won. And my dad's like, how many people? I was like, mm, there was there was two people at the competition. It's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So anyway. You weren't was, the first loser. No. <laughs> yeah, so I was excited. Um, actually, like, to come full circle is, like, I got this huge Roxy poster from that competition. And uh, I felt must have been like five years later from that moment, I was standing at the top of the run who's behind me the girl whose poster I've had, like since I won the first competition. So I was like, how insane. Like, right. I remember, yeah, I remember telling my mom being like, hey, like I was competing right against her. Like I already like that whole year and the year before that I had like been competing against, you know, the top Olympians and top right. athletes, but I hadn't like specifically her, like that was really cool. Cause she actually was a half pipe rider, but she entered slope for this competition. Right. And I was like, no way. Like, Full circle. Yeah. So Love that was, it. that was really cool for me. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I started taking it more seriously, probably my last year of high school, I actually ended up graduating a semester early so I could work so I could pay to try to go snowboarding. Right. Um, and that's when uh, snowboarding that summer after high school got into the uh, Olympics for 2014 mm -hmm. and that's when they started like they had to create some sort of national team program and uh and then they announced me on the junior national team and that's kind of like my story of how i, I started like it. competing right what's up guys i hope you're enjoying the episode i wanted to hop in and give you the first half of your discount code and it is self s-e-l-f self let's hop back into the show So I want to take it back a little bit about like coaching, right? You made that pivot because you, you said you didn't have just such a great coach. How yeah. important is it for athletes to one identify and do something when they're like, this coach isn't serving me. It's not about what I bring to the table. It's literally the coach isn't the best fit for me. What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I mean, I think at the young, young, young age, it's, it's hard because you get forced mm -hmm. to have that coach, right? And like, what is your choice? Like, if you live in that area, that's, that's your coach, you can't mm -hmm. like move, right? But it's, it's realizing like leaning on your parents and talking with them about it, because you know, my, my parents recognized it, and they understood what was happening. But in the moment, they don't want to discourage me. And so of we course. didn't really talk about it. But like later in retrospect, they're like, yeah, that guy was a horrible coach. But <laughs> well, we needed to teach you like <laughs> adversity. So yeah, yeah. So um, 
yeah, I think like, you know, talking, talking with people about it for sure. I think also just realizing it's, it's out of your control in a sense. And so what can you make happen? Like if this coach is telling you you're too small, like all you can do is keep putting yourself out there and keep playing to the best of your abilities. Maybe an assistant coach will notice, um, maybe other parents will really notice what's happening, but mm-hmm. really it's not, it's not your place to just be like, if you fight back against your coach right. or something, it's not going to be a good situation. Right. You have to be strategic about it. Yeah. Yeah. So Definitely. I really think just, you know, focus on what you can control. If, if they mm-hmm. want to like bench you the whole season for some reason, or they want to just not give you the playing time, just make them the most of the playing time you have. Love it. So you have this grit to you. That's just like, I'm going to get it no matter what. Right. And I know you have entrepreneurial ventures and we'll get into that later, but how important are the skills you learned throughout sport helping you on this journey? Yeah, massive, massive, because I think especially as an individual athlete, but also as a team, I think all athletes, they build that that grit and that resiliency and that like perseverance because event, like at some point as an athlete, even if you're on a team, there's an individual component, right? Like you're trying to mm-hmm. make the next team, you're trying to, to fight for that. And, and that was like my whole story was like, hey, like I even around me, I didn't see these people. I just saw them in the magazines and all of a sudden I got to competing against them. And that was just sheer, like, Hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to make this happen. And no matter what happens, if there's bad judging, if there's bad coaches, if there's Mm -hmm. bad weather, I'm just going to do my best and like, just keep pushing and any opportunity that comes in my way, like just take advantage of it and try to make it happen. Let's hop into like ending high school. We're hopping into at this point, we're hopping into the Olympics, right? Uh, yeah, hopping into the national team. Yeah, the national team. So at that point, did you develop any imposter syndrome? So in every step, every phase, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? And I just spoke to a former athlete and she was just like, hey, I was so skilled in high school. And then I jumped to the Olympic team and I'm like, oh, on the practice team. And then I go back Mm -hmm. to college and be excited and like I'm the person and then go back to like oh my god there's other people that's so skilled so how did you deal with imposter syndrome if you had any yeah that's that that was a big thing that I definitely dealed with especially like especially when it comes to snowboarding like you go from local events and you go to like national events and then international and so you can like be the top dog uh and like in your area right like for, right. for example I was like 15 or 16 and at my local ski hill someone just like commented on one of my posts the other day they're like you were like a local celebrity at a little <laughs> ski hill and I was like no way but it's it was kind of cool like for me right. um like it, it, it was in a way it was like I was the best person in the train park so anyone on the chairlift or people around they're like oh that's the girl who's like you know good at this and um and that was cool like you get that feeling like oh like I'm I'm cool here and then you move right. up to this other level where you're like just fighting to come 20th like you're not like oh I'm gonna win this like this is guaranteed you're like no a 20th place would be great yeah I mean, like I just take the 20th thanks <laughs> yeah and that's that's definitely like it's something it was it's hard when you come from where you're just like owning the space and then you have right. to adapt all over again and like oh my gosh I'm in a whole like a bigger pond like I'm not just the big fish in the small pond I'm like the small fish in this huge pond right and uh that that's definitely hard because especially like when I got to the national team level I was on the junior national team and then I was basically like the b team type thing so there's like Mm -hmm. the top two or three girls right and it was like the next next few and we're all competing at the same events but there's like a different level of I guess just a different level of not expectations but yeah like we're all at the same events but there's just different I guess opportunities I would mm-hmm. say like they're invited to maybe a couple of like x games for example which is even more exclusive than the olympics it's like right 
12 people or something. Those are like those. So it's like the more you go up, the more the competition gets a little tight. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, that's definitely something that I, I had to deal with, like realizing, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like I'm here and I was still in the mindset, like, what if I could just win? And then I realized like, that's the, the Olympic champion. That's the world champion. That's the X Games gold medal. Right. Like, expect that I'm going to win, especially when it comes to snowboarding. It's not like suddenly I'm just like really fast and that sprinting and I win right at snowboarding. It's like, you got to land this trick. And if they have a trick that you've never landed, you're not going to land that. And you're that just trick. like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Like you, it takes years, right? Like if I see yeah. someone like, Oh my God, they have this trick. And I know to work on that trick, it's going to take me a year of progression on this trick. And then another year of this, like some people progress faster or slower. Mm. And, uh, and so it just, it just, you have to really learn patience at, at that point. It's definitely, yeah it's definitely a tough mindset to be like, okay, like 20th place is good. <laughs> right, right. So what do you think is the biggest mis- misconception about playing at that level for athletes? Like, I feel like when you mentioned people going to the national team or the Olympics, people are like, oh, you made it. And you're just like, <laughs> no, I need to really compete now. Like, what do you think is the biggest misconception at that level? Yeah, like I think that you, one, it's like you're always fighting for a spot. Like every year we had a film, new video, submit a whole application to the national team every single mm-hmm. season. And so it's not like, hey, I'm here, like I made it. Like some some people start feeling that because they have the relationships built and all these things. But, you know, if there's anything I learned, it was like, you know, these athletes that you think, oh, like they have a great relationship with the coaches. Mm-hmm. But if they're just not performing, like they could easily just get cut off off the team. And um, so you always have to be like progressing and striving. So that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely a big one. It's not like, Hey, I can just settle in. Like I've made it. Right. Um, I think also, especially being like, if you make like say an NBA team, um, mm-hmm. there is a sense where you're like, okay, I'm on the roster, but you still are fighting for that roster. But when you're in an individual sport, like if you're not placing mm-hmm. at all at these events, like good luck getting an invite back to the events, you need a certain right. amount of points to even like qualify. And so you're going to have to go, back to like a lower level tour to get mm. qualification points to make the higher level and so I think that's a big one it's just like you could be winning all these other events but you got to come into this with like okay I'm starting at the bottom again you're right it's just building your way back up so I told you I was going to jump back into entrepreneurship and I left it because all of this is leading up to it right you're talking about pasta syndrome pivoting finding new ways working hard how did all of this dive into you becoming an entrepreneur and I know you come from you know a background of really hard workers so dive into that and let us know how you're like basically your experience in high school playing sport multiple sports (laughs) taking (laughs) taking this serious snowboarding and then now like really growing and building your business Yeah. Yeah. So like my dad is an entrepreneur. And so growing up around that, you know, I saw the work ethic that went in, like I saw that he was able to bring us to our family's cabin in the summer, but there'd be times we'd be like, you know, on the boat and he'd have to stop and like take calls. And, Mm -hmm. but I realized like there's so much freedom, but at the same time, it's still like so much hard work. Um, But I just knew like just my personality and being just kind of rebellious and just the way I was at school was like, I can never just sit and work a nine to five or work for someone. Oh, trust me, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, just, I knew that from like a childhood. And so, um, and so with my dad, like he was always trying to like kind of foster our entrepreneurial spirit, the same way he Mm -hmm. fostered my love for sport and my competitiveness. And so we would start little businesses. Like I remember anything I could try to sell, I would try to sell. So lemonade, um, like random, like fertilizer to my grandparents. (laughs) 
And they'd be like, didn't you dig this up under our cottage? Oh yeah, you want to buy it back? Yeah, so I, I was always doing like just little things um, like that. And then I think I was like around 10 years old when we had our first kind of like almost legit business. And mm-hmm. that was when um, my dad, he decided, he was like, hey, like you see these agility ladders that Nike selling at the time, they were selling for like $100. I feel like now they're much cheaper, but back then they were like novelty. And right. um, yeah, and like they were selling them for so much. And my dad's like, I bet we can make them for much cheaper and sell them to like the other sports teams around here. I was like, mm, okay. And so uh, my dad, my brother and I, we went and bought all these supplies. And then my brother and I would make them while we were watching TV. And then we would, we took some pictures. We put up some like flyers all around the city. And then people would like tear, take our name, yeah, yeah. our number down. And then we'd have to answer the call, which I hated. I hated talking on the phone as a kid. I was like, I'm going, but shy. And I was like, right. often. <laughs> so I had to learn like to take calls and like sales calls. Um, yeah. And of course, like the people calling did not expect 10 years old. It's like a 10 year old to pick up the phone. They're like, well, <laughs> yeah, it helped. Like, how do you say that? no to us, right? <laughs> right yeah 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 yeah. like if you're a kid entrepreneur like now is the time especially with social media you could go viral much easier you can like have people support like people are not saying no to you and you're gonna like have a great story so i i wish we had social media and stuff back then because i'm sure i know more but um it's such an opportunity yes such a huge huge opportunity but yeah that was like our first legit business and then from there i just remember like back again at our cabin like my brother and i would spend just all our time there by ourselves um and so if we weren't playing sports i was sitting in the hammock like writing down this random business ideas i remember once i wanted a go-kart for some reason and my dad (laughs) is like oh you're not getting a go-kart i said what if we create like a go-kart uh shop where we rent out go-karts and fix them and then i can have my own go-kart he's like do you know how to fix and repair go-karts i'm like no but we can learn you too (laughs) i was like aren't you and grandpa like handy you guys can do the repairs and i'll just manage the business (laughs) you guys do the labor (laughs) yes that's exactly so yeah i always had just random ideas and so just knowing that through school like when i did like commit to snowboarding my parents Mm-hmm. were very much of like no you need an edu- education too um mm-hmm. it was actually like kind of advised against with the national team to do school at the same time but it was like my agreement with my parents <laughs> i promise them, like so. sorry they're they, yeah they, they make <laughs> they the rules first, right i was like this is great but they kind of own me right now <laughs> yeah yeah so i had to do that and uh but it worked out really well because i learned like a ton of skills like i mean i think a lot of what i learned when it comes to like marketing specifically that mm-hmm. came from like learning how to market myself as an athlete and then like the business that i started but and so i was just studying business at school but like some of those courses, like psychology, critical thinking, like those courses were really valuable. And then as much as like, I, I mean, I just don't really like, I I'm good at school, but I don't like enjoy just like, you know, especially with accounting class and I just do not want to learn this. Oh but my it, gosh. Don't start. <laughs> oh, and I'm I a hate, finance hate major. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I am. I work in finance. I was a finance major. It still gives me the heebie jeebies. Oh, oh no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah. That's not my thing. I was like, I, I hired an accountant recently. I was like, no, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> you look at stuff. You're like, what? what's happening this is Uh, the net of what (laughs) i know oh it's just like it's just not my thing and so i understand yeah so like all those things but it it did it did teach me something and i think the skills that i learned from having to manage doing that especially it was online so i like really teach myself doing university online while i was traveling like 
it was just like an extra stressor, but having to deal with that definitely taught me a lot of skills that apply now to entrepreneurship where literally mm-hmm. like it's myself who has to research things. It's myself who has to, you know, I have to like figure everything out for myself. I have to right. like motivate myself. I have to discipline myself. There's no one making any of my schedule. And that was the yeah. same thing I had to do with school. So love it. So you talk about, you just dropped the motivation on there, right? How do you think athletes can motivate themselves or anybody in that fact, whether it's entrepreneurship, athletics, what do you think is the main factor in motivating yourself? I know it's different for everyone. Yeah. I think it's the foundation for it. I think everyone is motivated by different things, right? Like some Mm -hmm. people are motivated by fear. Some people are motivated by like achievement. Some people are motivated to prove something. Some people have like a really strong why, like they need to do this to help their family or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we all have our own reasons, but I also think that motivation doesn't necessarily last. Like it's like a a quick hit drug, but what we really need, even if our why is really strong, we still need discipline, whether it's discipline to just like you hate, training that day because you're tired like we're all gonna get tired even if our why is like to help Mm -hmm. our grandma or something like we're still gonna get tired that's just like we're human and so being disciplined to push through on those days or even just to remind yourself have cues of like what is my why what is this so that you can you can be disciplined about re-motivating yourself about like hey after i push through i'm gonna be motivated by the fact that like i just proved to myself i could so that that's that's my thoughts on uh on motivation What is up? Two things. Can you do me a favor? Hop down to the review section, leave a review, and tell me what you like most about this episode. I want to get feedback and really make sure that I'm providing, you know, the value that you guys can start to use every day and just a different perspective, right? And number two, the second half of your discount code. So the second half is MADE, M-A-D-E. So the full discount code is self made our next thing is when i love like your agency and like how you're helping athletes what what are your thoughts about athletes starting now to build businesses yeah i mean i think like everyone says like the best time to plant a tree was i don't know 50 years ago but yeah the best time is now it's like you can't no matter what is happening like whether you're like oh i should start a youtube at the start mm-hmm. like well, you can't, so start it now. Right. Um, and so to me, I think there's just still so much opportunity out there. And a lot of athletes, they may have their season canceled or different things. They got, mm-hmm. if you have more time to invest into learning, starting to build your brand so you can leverage it later, like just do it. Yeah. And then as a resource, you have your YouTube series. Tell us about it. Oh yeah, I, I have, yeah, I, I try to make a YouTube series happen this <laughs> summer. Um, so really like I had this idea in the summer uh, just from connecting with, with some athletes. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like wouldn't it be cool if I could like travel and um, train with different pro athletes, like get mm-hmm. a female athlete perspective and like come in, do like the football combine. Cause especially right. like after snowboarding, uh, after I retired from snowboarding, I started competing in CrossFit and mm-hmm. I've competed like internationally. So I'm like, okay, I know I have like, it's a kind of a sport that translates to all these different sports. So I know when it comes yeah. to like in the gym, I could hang with a lot of different athletes. Yeah. And we see you like- outside of the snow. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this a backdrop? Like, is that for real? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's so snowy here. It's like, you, you got to do what you got to do, but it's also, yeah, it. it's, it's fun to make those kind of videos as people always think the same, right? Like if it's just like me working out in like my room, it's not the right. same. <laughs> it's not I was the just same. like, 
you were like sloppy. Like I forgot what you were doing in your Instagram. And I was like, that that's sloppy. Like what have I been doing? <laughs> oh yeah, I was doing some snatches. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I was just like, wait, okay, maybe I need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> it was because I, I, yeah, I'm I'm so critical of my own movement, especially now like that I compete and everything. I'm like looking, I'm yeah. like, oh, I look at it from like a coach's eye, and I'm like, oh, it's part of it was like. Like I was doing dumbbell snatches and I can't slam the floor because like we put our gym kind of like on the upper floor. Yeah, it like yeah. shakes the house. And so I'm like trying to like lower <laughs> like the weight. Like place it down. Yeah, not like like slam it off the ground like I do in the gym. And so I think yeah. part of that, like I kind of was like bending a little bending. bit in my back mm-hmm. ra- rather than like just, you know, as quick. So I was like, mm, Either I way, <laughs> it was enough for me to say, dang, girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I want to wrap this up. So we did high school. We did um, a little bit of classes mixed with being on the national team, entrepreneurship. So one thing I ask everyone, if you were to go back, right, knowing all that you know now, and I know you know a lot because your parents <laughs> have been drilling things into you since you were a kid, what would you tell your younger self? I know you had a lot of like motivation and and inner drive but what would you tell your younger self in those moments of like insecurity i would say to judge myself less like as a as a young kid like especially as a girl being so into sports like i got Mm -hmm. like teased and bullied in high like not in high school but in elementary school Mm -hmm. like a lot because i was like that tomboy i wore like a basketball uh jersey to school and i would dribble my basketball while skateboarding to school like (laughs) oh you're that person it's okay yes yes exactly (laughs) um and yeah and like at the time like I think I you know you just see everyone else doing normal things like you know they're being peer pressured to like you know be interested in the guys because the other person has a crush on them or be whatever it is and for me I was like you know I was like I always I I think I'm like I'm happy that I stuck with what I did which is like being myself and Mm -hmm. being true to myself but I think at the same time I still battled internally with like everyone else is doing this and why am I you know like doing just playing sports and and all those things and so I'm glad I stuck to it so I think in the end like I I followed the trajectory that I would you know go back and tell myself to but I would just tell myself to not be so hard on myself during that time and not like compare myself or judge myself because that would just a lot of undue stress and anxiety and nights crying that just didn't need to happen if I knew right. in the end it was just like gonna pay off normal is uh, normal is overrated that's yes. all I have to say <laughs> yeah well no you do normal things you get normal results Natalie awesome. thank you again for joining the podcast it was a great conversation yeah thanks for having me no problem Yo, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I totally enjoyed our conversation. I enjoyed Natalie as a guest. Be sure to check out all her handles in the show notes. Leave a review if you can. And don't forget to use your discount code in the upcoming days. And I will catch you guys next time.